It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Phoenix Suns got their first taste of their new traded Players on Saturday against the Golden State Warriors as the stretch run hits. Should the Phoenix Suns be starting Royce O'Neal? Do we trust their new rotation? And what can we learn about the strategy of maxes and minimums when it comes to roster building? Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to start off your Tuesday. Wherever you are finding us, whenever you are finding us. Do not forget to hit that follow or subscribe button. We're free and available everywhere, including YouTube. When you hit that button, you get a new show in your feed every single Monday through Friday where you can become an everydayer and get locked onto the Phoenix Suns all season long right here with this show. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Joining us here on this Tuesday edition of the show, as he does every week, is Brandon Duane. Yes, he is a writer over at Bright Side of the Sun. Brandon, uh, I don't know if you were as uh, hyped up on that Saturday night game as I was. I uh, nerded out about it a little bit on Sunday morning for the people listening and watching already. But I think one of the things that's worth talking a little bit more about is the rotation. Now that Royce O'Neal is fully installed and has made his debut for this team. They didn't maybe get the huge swing that some fans might have wanted, whether that's Miles Bridges or somebody even better, if you convinced yourself of that. But they have some buyout options. There's still guys left over after these trades that could get a call. How are you feeling about the now 10-man rotation that the Suns rolled out in that game? And 
seems to be what they'll roll out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so I think their rotation is still to be determined based off the the buyout market for sure because like they didn't send out four players in, in that deal without something up their sleeve, you, you would think, and we'll touch more on that, the players they got rid of uh, later in the show. But I think right now, as far as what they have, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that rotation. I think it'll be very matchup dependent. And Akogi was, uh, anytime you're playing a quick guard like like Steph and you're trying to fight through screens and stuff like that, Akogi's going to be needed in, in matchups like that. So it didn't shock me that he got, uh, you know, he was added to the rotation there. And then uh, Bulls kind of the wild card too on on the other end where there's gonna be some games where he could make sense, other games where he, we might not see him. Um, and and yeah, I think even even David Roddy, like I, I think that there's a reason they traded for him, and you could argue he's probably better than half the people they they shipped out uh, in that in that trade. So or at least has a chance to be. So that's someone I think they're definitely gonna invest in and give some time, give at least give a chance to to make a case to make the rotation. But they're not gonna. You know, Royce played, what, 11 minutes? Like, uh, they're, they're not going to, like, rush these guys into, like, crazy rolls right off the bat. So I think we'll we'll definitely see some, some more Roddy, some more experimenting. And uh, the rotation's never set with this team. Even even with this this move kind of settling some things, it's it's also opens the door for some more experiments from Vogel, and I think we'll continue to see that. And then the buyout market's obviously going to impact things as well. So it's it's starting to settle in, but at the same time, it's 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 definitely not. I I want to say that it's probably going to be these these 10 guys. I outside of a buyout and we'll get to that in a second. But I just don't think that if you're at game, you know, well it's about to be 54 on Tuesday and you don't you don't even feel good enough about Nasir Little to give him any minutes. I have a hard time imagining that he's going to break through. I personally view David Roddy as let's see what he looks like, like almost a glorified two-way player as far as on the court. Let's see what he can do. Like they go sign Teo Maladon and we haven't even seen him in a game outside of garbage time the other night. You know, I think it's going to be like that personally. I could be wrong. I think there's things he could do if he really hits, but I wouldn't expect to see him anytime soon. And to me, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like Darius Baisley last year, maybe, or something like that. Um, and I think the only thing that worries me, if I'm looking at this rotation that I don't trust about it, is certain matchups where the opponent just has a ton of size. And especially the Nuggets. Like, I hate to reduce it down to that, but... That's the team that eliminated this Suns team last year, and that's obviously, I think, going to be the favorite heading into the to the playoffs no matter what the seating looks like. And to me, it's just too easy for me to imagine a game where Nurkic gets a couple of early fouls. I don't really think Eubanks stands much of a shot to get Jokic off of his spots or make him uncomfortable really at all. And then you really quickly get to, like, man, what is there even an answer? It's just so much is relying on Nurkic to be effective, to stay healthy, to not get into foul trouble. And and that really worries me, but there's not really anybody on the buyout market that's going to solve that. Yeah, and, and to your point also, like Jokic, there's not too many people that can make him uncomfortable in the, in the first place. But if you're, yeah, if you're burning through bodies and he's getting them in foul trouble, 
uh, it's definitely going to be a problem. So I think the size is definitely one of my biggest concerns as well. Um, I do disagree a little bit in, t- in terms of David Roddy. I think they brought him in like he will play. It's a matter of injuries. Like I, I think right now this is their team at quote unquote full strength. I think they're going to on nights where like Booker or Beal or even Durant's out, that, that bench is pretty thin right now, like bearing a couple additions. So I think that's something to factor in where second of back-to-backs, even garbage time, whatever, like I think he's going to get a chance to, to come in and play. And I don't know if it's going to go well or not. Uh, that's to be determined. But I, th- I think he will get a shot um, and, and get to make a case for that rotation spot. And I think right now, uh, same with Royce O'Neal, I think he's going to be playing a lot closer to 30 minutes a game than like, you know, the 10 to 15 he, he got in that opening night. So, uh, but yeah, overall, I think there's definitely still some holes you could you could poke at uh, with this team. But you could say that about pretty much any team outside of maybe Denver and a healthy Clippers team uh, in the West. So now it's just about hoping you can get in the playoffs healthy. And that's that's the main goal. And, and Vogel is going to keep cracking down on this rotation. And uh, I feel like it's the same thing every week. We're just like, do you trust this rotation? Is it, is it locked in? How do you feel about this guy? And then just the next week, it's just a different group we're talking about. So I, I give up. Yeah, but it has out. been this group for a while now, right? I mean, you add O'Neal into it, but for yeah. a while, I guess, you know, it was Bates Diop was, was in there for a bit, but really we've seen it be when Bull, and then Bull was out, but like when, when all these guys yeah. have been healthy, it's been Gordon, Bull, Okogie, and Eubanks for, for a for bit now. Yeah. And so let me ask you this from the Roddy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Last season, we'll use Terrence Ross as an example. He's a buyout guy, obviously different type of player completely, but joined the team around the same time. He played 69 minutes in the playoffs across six games. Does David Roddy play more or less than, let's say, 70 minutes in this year's postseason? Oh, God, I hope less. Okay, yeah, uh, so think, that's, think, that's, like, that's yeah. my point. Yes, I think, yeah, regular season, I think he'll get a chance to audition. And like I said, it's really going to come down to just health. That's, that's the main thing is, like, they just don't have that depth. Like, if someone's out... It's going to be him or Little that's, that's going to pretty much be thrown in the rotation. And we know uh, that this, this team's not been the healthiest all year. So I, I think they kind of factored that in. Then he was a part of that trade for a reason. Like they, they wanted to bring in someone they could trust to at least eat some minutes if they need to. And I think sure. we will see that. But how many minutes? Who knows? Okay, last thing here. Is there anybody left on the buyout market? Not that has necessarily been bought out, but who's sort of in the rumor mill that you like the most for this team? I would like Otto Porter or Thad Young. Those are kind of the two names that pop up uh, for me. I think just Thad's ability to play small ball five with with Durant and some of his playmaking, he could do a little bit off off the dribble, top of the key. uh, against In those lineups against the Clippers where you're going to need a little more size uh, for those wings, Otto Porter is another name size and shooting just guys like that that are versatile uh but yeah there's there's not really like you said earlier there's not really too many guys that are just going to come in and change the entire dynamic of the team but there's guys that can help so i i sent this to locked on sun's insider subscribers which you can sign up for at joinsubtext.com or click the link in the show description below i send out little observations news thoughts today it was 
my message with Sean Woodley, who hosts Locked on Raptors, and I asked him over the weekend, how delusional am I to think Otto or Thad could play like 10 minutes in the playoffs for, for the Suns? And his response was, Otto seems maybe just physically broken and wasn't very effective in the few games he did play. Thad was super fun over the last month or so as a small ball five. I think on that Suns team, though, his offensive wheel greasing is probably less valuable, and he did get cooked trying to be the last line of defense at the rim. So I don't think the Suns would have to play him at center necessarily, you know, because if he's in those types of lineups, most likely that's with Durant. So it wouldn't look as bad maybe as it does mm-hmm. again, uh, with Toronto. I think that is better than Otto at this point in their careers, but I think what the Suns need is probably closer to what Porter was for like that Warriors team from a defensive standpoint. So I wouldn't hate either one, but I think you like your you just said, Brandon, if they get either one of those guys, let's say this week, we would be recording next week going, will they play more or less than 70 minutes like Terrence Ross did, right? Like it would be the same exact <laughs> yeah. question. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to be that's a, a difference much, maker. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that's pretty much what the bio market is, right? It's just yeah. trying to con- like a game of convincing yourself that this guy will work for you, even though it didn't work for the other team. And it, it's just like each team they got cut for a reason. Cycle through, exactly. So yeah. you just kind of have to hope the right situation, the right change of scenery, maybe the right role, and guys come in ready to play, and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. But I think you just yeah. got to try to find the, the best fit possible. So. Yeah, my my vote is still for DeLon Wright. I think he is somebody who I could see playing 10 minutes. He overlaps a little with Okogie, but as insurance there and somebody where if it really falls, if the ground falls out from underneath of Okogie on offense like it has in the past, you have a similar player in a role you really need, even if I think defensively Wright is like maybe a B or a B minus. Kogi's like an A, but that's still a good thing to have two of where now Goodwin's gone and everything else. I think that they could use that and maybe resign right, frankly, in the offseason. But let's talk about Royce O'Neal, who is on this team, who is in the rotation and will make this team better. Let's talk about just how much he will play, just how much he can make them better next. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks, the best place to play daily fantasy sports because it is not you versus a league, an opponent, a pool, or anything like that. It is instead you versus the Prize Picks player projections. And right now, it's demon time on Prize Picks, meaning you can now win up to 100 times your money with as few as four correct picks, allowing you to turn $10 into 1000 just like that. Demons and goblins are the newest, most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked. With red demons or green goblins, get you different payouts within the app. And again, you can win up to 100 times your money with as few as four correct picks. In addition, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types all make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA right now and use the code LockedOnNBA when you make your first deposit to get it matched up to $100. That's prizepicks.com promo code Locked on NBA for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Keeping the show rolling here, let's talk about Royce O'Neal, Brandon. I thought, I believe the way I put it, I can't remember if I said this going into the game or actually as an observation after the game, but to me, it's more of the same. It's it's, And that's not a bad thing. I don't mean that to say that he is uh, unnecessary or useless. I just mean he doesn't change the team. He doesn't add some wholly new dimension, but... He fits right into what they want to do, and he provides a little more size. And I think I know how you feel because you mentioned uh, minutes per game total in the last segment that would indicate a pretty huge role. But do you think we might see this guy start games, whether it's in the regular season or at some point in the playoffs? Because I think that's where my mind goes immediately. If you're really going to maximize what he brings, I think putting him out there with the starters and allowing him to match up with certain guys on opposing teams is probably the best way to do it yes i i do i think him starting makes sense that doesn't mean i think he's better than grayson allen it's it's just the jay crowder cam johnson 2.0 uh pretty much all over again just in a different life form so i think uh obviously grayson like who you close out with will probably matter a lot more and especially come playoff time it's so matchup dependent that we've, we've gone over this like starting doesn't necessarily mean that's how you're going to close and, and vice versa so i think uh but giving Royce as many minutes with the starters I think makes sense uh, while also giving Grayson some freedom in the second unit where him and Gordon can kind of serve as the playmakers and scores with one of the big three alongside them I think it makes a lot of sense to balance out the bench uh, but at the same time like I think with what you said how you kick things off like Royce kind of fits in without changing too much so I think you could plug him in the bench or in a starting role and it's not going to really impact how they play too much. He just kind of, that's, that's one of the reasons I like that fit just because of how versatile and seamless the fit's going to be. Like he doesn't need the ball. He's just going to do, he's going to play his role. And we saw, we saw some flashes defensively against the Warriors where he was being disruptive, fighting over screens, doing little things that, that he does. Uh, but, but yeah, I think I, I would probably start him, uh, try to get him as many minutes as you can with, with the big three and let Grayson cook off the bench. I think it just, obviously fans are going to say like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But are we sure this is even fixed yet? Like, I, I still think this team has a lot more potential and they're still figuring things out. I mean, to me, the biggest thing I think we saw on Saturday, if you're talking about this debate between not just O'Neill and Allen, but is it maximized right now? What's the best combos, everything else? was Grayson's poor performance, much more than O'Neal looking awesome or anything else. I think if I'm imagining a not-so-unlikely scenario where, for all we know, the Suns could just play the Warriors in the first round, and that really could have been a playoff preview. You know, the seating is so jumbled right now. So the way that I think Grayson struggles at times against certain defensive matchups would already lead me to be thinking 
what else can we try? And again, I agree with you. It's not a hating on Grayson Allen thing. I think he's exceeded expectations and then some this year. And I think against certain guys, like I think he did decent. I, this might not be a popular opinion or it might sound stupid. I think he did a decent job against Luca on Christmas in a game where Luca put up like 50 and 15. I think Grayson actually executed what was supposed to be done as the point of attack primary guy. I think the other stuff is what broke down and there will be games like that. But yeah, I would I would not be surprised at all if there's some sort of injury opportunity or something comes up along the course of the regular season where Royce gets into that starting lineup and then maybe he never says goodbye to it. Um, to me though, looking forward into a postseason situation, obviously the ripple effect of that is it puts a lot of pressure on your two star guards to be better defensively than they have been because they have to like the O'Neal and Allen are not the same size. They're not the same type of guy. So you're talking about against the nuggets, all of a sudden Booker or Beal is guarding Jamal Murray, Anthony Edwards. Um, I guess the thunder are a little different because Shea's big and maybe O'Neal could guard him, but that, that would worry me if for no other reason than a wear and tear standpoint and what you're asking those two guys to do. So there's not an awesome answer, which me, leads me to what I wanted to throw back your way is I would not be surprised knowing Vogel and knowing all the, the, the ripple effects I just brought up if a Kogi ends up starting way more playoff games than we're realizing right now. Offensive, op, uh, offensive issues kind of be damned in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, especially if they match up with a team like the Warriors or a team where you're going to need that point of attack desperately, and there's a lot of those teams in the West. So I think Akogi is definitely going to be needed, but how long and how much is he going to hurt you offensively? I think Vogel will probably have a quick leash on him if he does that to where if, if he's not if he's impacting the, the flow of the offense, he'll probably pull him real quick. And, hey, you got Grayson and, and Royce off the bench and you got some options. But I think uh, to your point, also just like the whole foul trouble thing, like if – if one of your bigs gets in foul trouble, Royce is probably the guy you're going to bring in and have maybe Durant play some some small ball five uh, against some of those teams that, that go a little bit smaller. You could kind of shift the matchup to in your favor a little bit by doing that. So I think there's there's some creativity you could do with bringing both Royce and Allen off the bench. But again, I, I, in a perfect world, Royce just comes in. He's, he's hitting corner threes. He's playing his role. And I, I think he takes the starting spot. And, and Grayson just helps elevate the bench and plays still plays 30 plus minutes like we're not sitting here saying he's going to be like relegated it's not a punishment it's just more so just trying to find the best balance possible for the roster yeah so um the one negative here just to give some numbers booker beal durant akogi as a four-man unit strangely has only played 21 minutes so my uh, theory here might already have some cracks in it. But even worse than that, they're minus 9.4 per 100 possessions. With the three guys on, three big three on, Akogi off, they are plus 12.8 per 100 possessions. So, uh, and what's crazy is the defensive rating with Akogi on with those guys or those three on and him off is almost identical. So he has not really made a dent with those three guys out there 
joining them or not joining them, he hasn't really been able to to make a difference. I think a lot of the stuff with the defensive rating with him is especially those early season lineups where him and Goodwin were on the court together or just very defensive heavy lineups that were able to shut the door and those kind of pumped Akogi's numbers up a little bit. On the other hand, I will throw out those same big three plus, big three minus with Grayson Allen where, um, of course, this page is going to take a while to load. Um, the numbers have obviously been awesome. The offense is, is off the charts, and I don't know. Uh, sometimes I just look at it and I'm like, are we all just needing to face a little bit of reality and understand that this team might not be able to stop like anybody uh, come playoff time, and that just might be the deal? Uh, we'll get to those. Nu- those numbers are more out there. I've talked about them plenty. So let's close out the show talking about the minimum signings four of which got traded for on the on deadline day for Roddy and for O'Neal. And was this avoidable? Did the Suns pick the wrong guys? What does it mean for next summer when they may have to do some of the same stuff? We'll get into all of that next. First, today's show brought to you by BetterHelp, bringing therapy straight to you because sometimes we all need the opportunity to get things off of our chests big or small certain things can really start to get to you it's important to let that all out especially to someone that is unbiased about your life so today let's talk about how we really feel about something Hmm. okay how do i really feel how do i really feel about the fact that matt ishbia turned this entire roster over um I don't love it. It made the team a little less relatable. It made uh, covering the team a little more chaotic, and you really can't say no to anything, and it always sort of feels like a churn. But there's winning. That can be nice. Good and bad. Therapy can be different for everybody. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, but it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It is designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire, get matched to somebody that's right for you. You can switch therapists as needed. And again, right from the comfort of your own home, your home, your own office, whatever you might need. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Brandon, let's close out the show here. Um, So, 
the Suns did not have much of a choice after the Bradley Beal trade about whether they were going to go for minimum guys. That was all that they could sign. And I think a lot of us felt pretty good about the players that they were able to go out and get. But when you look up at the fact that Keita Bates-Diop and Yudawat Nabe, even Jordan Goodwin, who they traded for, um, did not end up amounting to anything, what, what do you think was the mistake there? Was it the players? Was it just a matter of time and this trade was the end game all along and maybe the mistake was us getting excited about those guys in the first place? Where do you land on it? Yeah, probably what you just said, just getting excited about these guys in the first place. And look, I think, uh, like, just hindsight included, like, I, th- I thought they did a great job this offseason with what they had, and you got to take shots on guys that you think can break out uh, and, and just hope that, you know, out of the six or seven or eight guys you bring in, maybe two of them stick to the rotation. And then once you, you're, you realize what you got, you cut ties quick, and they did that. So kudos to them for pulling the plug and not – extending it longer than it needed to be like I thought Utah was was going to be a great fit I, I was wrong on that one I you know he just couldn't really get in a rhythm never you know with the shots not falling it's tough to play him it's like if, if Josh Okogie's not defending you can't play him and that's what so Utah was supposed to bring was a shooting and he, he couldn't hit shots and Bates Diop was super inconsistent uh, Metu was another guy that showed some really nice flashes but just couldn't bring it all together and and look that's that's the reason they, they signed for minimums was for a lot of these these reasons. So I think, like, at the end of the day, it's kind of like the buyout market where you're going to hope you could turn these guys around, but there, there's a reason they're there. So I think temper expectations uh, this upcoming summer when they do the same thing all over again and just kind of hope that a couple of the guys they sign pan out because I, it's just it's such a crapshoot, and it's tough to, especially this season, without the Stars being healthy early, I feel like that kind of threw the rotation off so much, and it was hard to evaluate some of these guys like the way you'd want to but at the yeah. same time like I said I think they did a great job of taking a swing it's not always going to work and you know cut the ties move on and now uh, on to the buyout market and do it all over again hopefully with more trusted veterans that or maybe someone un- unexpected that falls in their laps you just you never know so uh, overall was it a failure sure but it's the stakes were so small in terms of what you know, I know these are minimum guys like you didn't really give up a ton for any of these players so yeah. just got to live with it yeah I think that's that's exactly how I feel I think you can look at who else got signed for minimum deals and convince yourself that hey next year maybe they get a little luckier but I would say getting obviously Gordon was and that's not luck that's salesmanship honestly um yeah and that's what the bradley beal and kevin durant trades do is it puts you in a position to get guys like that so absolutely and i would even say probably the bull bull thing is is the superstar effect to a degree as well because his relationship with durant you know whatever it, it was um he seems to be playing more like a team nba real basketball player than ever in his life really so like those are two hits and there's other ones too around uh around the league like i look at uh trendon watford i think he's he's had a decent season in brooklyn as uh you know just a, a depth forward 
There's guys, uh, Lonnie Walker. Honestly, a lot of them are Brooklyn. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. was also. So those are all three from the same team. Um, Dario Saric, obviously, fit-wise, made a lot of sense for the Warriors. But Kelly Oubre, another guy Suns fans will remember. Derek Jones is playing really well for Dallas. So I don't think it's hopeless, but I think it's a really difficult way to build a roster and I think the Suns realize that in a variety of ways but honestly I threw this topic out there partially because the Suns are kind of already pivoting it pivoting away from it Brandon because next year they'll be able to if Okogi declines his player option they have his early bird rights now not just his um, non-bird rights so they can give him a five million dollar deal if they want to starting at five million dollars I'm not saying they will, but they can. They now have Roddy, who's making a little more than the bottom of the barrel because he was a first-round pick. So next season, he's at 2.8. The following season, he's at 4.8. Those are tradable salaries. They kept Nasir Little. They'll probably look to re-sign Grayson Allen and Royce O'Neal. So there's a part of it that may really end up just being a one-year problem. And you could look up next season and everybody playing for the Suns including the big three, Nurkic, and their whole bench could be guys who actually aren't even on minimums at all. So I think uh, it might end. First round pick too, yeah. So maybe this was just a really bad four months we all had to live through. No, that's that's a great point. Those contracts, those salaries are very important too, those bumps, just because they can't aggregate salaries next year being in the second apron. So the the margin for some of these trades are going to be very thin. So having more tradable contracts, keeping Little's contract as well is pretty important. I thought just kind of whether he plays or not, just having someone you could potentially throw in a trade in a straight-up deal or something with, with that pick. So, yeah, I think there it'll be a lot more feasible to hit on one of these minimum guys where if you're relying on like five or six of them, you're, it's just going to feel like a lot of misses. But if you're just bringing in a few guys back into the bench and the rest of your rotation is almost like pre-built, like you said, with, with Royce and – and Allen and Roddy and, and all these other guys and Kogi as well. Like all of a sudden you have way less roster spots to fill out. And yeah. I think hopefully they'll take the draft serious this year because someone like Kamara, for example, was a hit and he, he's gone. So, but it just shows there's so many young guys around the league that are making impacts. Uh, so if, if they can find someone useful in the first round and get a cheap playable contract, like that's, that's huge. So I think, uh, or if they use it to, in, a, in a package, it's one of their last, desirable assets at this point so yeah uh, even though it is a week a quote-unquote week draft but look that's usually when you find those steals in the, in the first round or late exactly it's round, it's so. weak for the teams at the top the if, if you if all you need exactly. is like that an eighth man as a as a bad as a good team then then you're you're happy with a weak draft because that just means you know beauty yeah. is in the, the eye of the beholder but you tweeted this and that's where i actually wanted to close that you really want the Suns to prioritize the draft this year and actually take somebody with their... It won't be their first-round pick. It'll probably be... Uh, no, I think they'll keep their own, right? Because nobody will will swap with them. So... Yeah. I think what they did at the deadline by keeping Little, as well as the fact that they'll have O'Neal and Allen, as well as the fact that they won't be able to combine players anymore to me, made it more likely that they will be trading their first-round pick. 
I I would be pretty. I know of the importance. You and I have been screaming about it for years about James Jones and the missed opportunities, and I am in full support. I'm not even saying what they should or shouldn't do. I'm mostly guessing what they will do, and I would be very surprised if they made a pick because of how they set themselves up and that pick combined with one of these salaries might be the best opportunity to upgrade for next year's roster that they have oh yeah i completely agree with that i think their chips are already pushed in at this point so it's a matter of who becomes available if it makes sense to to throw like one of these trades together and they're they're in win now mode they have kevin durant you're trying to win a championship i get it like they're they're probably going to try to cash in on that the best way they can. But at the same time, you have to look at, you know, even a team like Denver with some of their their younger guys making impacts, like you could do both. Like it doesn't have to be yeah. as one-sided as I feel like this entire regime has been. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, like, yeah, if the right role player comes along, you could improve your bench or get someone that could help you win games. Like I get it. Uh, at the same time, like if they don't, if, if you could hit on that pick, like it's, it's huge. So it's a tough position to be in, and I think you could even maybe try to flip that into more assets, like grab three second rounders for it or something, or you know, just I don't know. They're they're pretty limited on what they can do, so I think there's yeah. a lot of directions they can go. But if I'd have put money on it, I'd say yeah, that that pick's already gone. Just it belongs <laughs> to someone else. I, I just it's done. Yeah. Don't get attached, anybody. But yeah, look, they can trade back. They can they can do all sorts of different things. And I think a lot of it will ride on how they perform in the postseason this year. If you win a championship, it's a lot easier True, to yeah. say, "Hey, take a player." Right? More you know, patience, don't yeah. don't exactly. uh, don't go crazy. But we're a long way from there. But that will wrap us up for the day. More to come on Tuesday post game after Suns Kings national TV. Always fun matchups between those two. So keep it right here. Hit follow, subscribe if you haven't already. Get that show in your feed tonight, and I will catch you guys. Then. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.